0: Afternoons with me, I'm Bill Arnold. I hope you have had a good day. I'm awfully glad to spend some time with you today. And I'm excited that my first guest is Dr. Marcus Bachman. You uh, know him because he's a regular guest on my show and I always love having him on board. And of course, he is the founder and president of Counseling Care and that web address, if you want to go take a look at his amazing staff and all he does there is counselingcare.us. And I will uh, do the grand introduction right now. Hey, Marcus. That's sweet. I like that. That's really nice. Thank you. There we go. Let's get his mic on, then we're good to go. Yeah. So, welcome to the show. Hey. Always good to be here with you, Bill. i got I to turn my, my headset down there you know, a little
1: bit. Was that, was that a, little loud? Was a little loud? You yeah. know, You know, that, that's a trademark of the Bachman family. We're loud. I, I did not I, know that. I had no idea until I went to a wedding reception and someone turned to me and says, well, it's the Bachman's. And I said, what do you mean it's the Bachman's? Well, you're loud. <laughs> and I just said it in a louder voice. <laughs> what do you mean we're loud? And then I realized how <laughs> well, he's got at, something at, on. What, at what point was
0: there the most number of bodies in your home?
1: Uh, let's see. We had uh, five kids, yep. biological, yep. Michelle and I, and then usually she was four foster children. Okay. So, so you know, we that's... kind of expanded the kitchen because we couldn't all sit at the same table. I think that's pretty important. And yeah, it was... Uh... But that's loud. That can, be, <laughs> that can be loud. And you know, I grew up with just two older brothers and... I realized even then my father was very loud. Hmm. So, was your father hard of hearing? Not at all. Okay. No, he just liked to shout. Okay. good. <laughs> <'Cause sometimes laughs> Shall we start my childhood?
0: No, uh, we, we can. As you're getting older, Marcus, are you getting more or less like your parents?
1: I am. Uh, I am looking more like my father. No, no, no it's not a look thing. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's am a, I, I getting? Are you know, you acting no. More. I'm gonna. I'll tell you the truth. I'll tell you the truth. Oh this I don't think this is going to maybe count the best but my mother is, was a very sweet sweet caring loving person and I find myself gravitating toward caring about people caring about relationships and thinking in terms of how can I help someone so I think I'm seeing more of my mother even though my father was a go-getter workaholic and a successful man I've done that I can be that but I think I'm more Becoming the sweetness of my mom. That's really nice. That's nice. Yeah, I appreciate, I really appreciate what my mom has taught. Both my parents, there's always something you can uh, grab a hold of and say, you know, I gravitate toward that, and I'm thankful for that. And mm-hmm. then the good news is we become our own person. You know, as much as we can say we look like, act like, sound like, we're our own person. Mm-hmm. And God does a marvelous work of... um Orchestrating yeah. relationships and events and experiences uh, for us to turn toward Him, so that that which the bent were made, we become and do that which He's called us to do. Mm-hmm. What what a great adventure! Yeah,
0: Marcus, your parents weren't perfect, obviously, of course, right? So when they would make mistakes or they would do something, would they ever come to you and admit they were, they were wrong?
1: Oh, my mother would routinely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I ever heard, I think maybe once from my father mm-hmm. when uh, he did something, yeah. But okay.
0: Yeah. But today's yeah. topic is a little bit of a head scratcher because, I, <laughs> you know, I do want to ask the question, why do certain people do not admit
1: when they are wrong, ah, uh, isn't that a great question? Well, and we, you know, your listeners will will relate. Um, they either know of someone, live with someone, or have had to work with someone who has never or rarely says, "I apologize. I take responsibility." Uh, that's, that's a real tough one. And to figure out why that would be. And then of course, how do you respond to someone like that? How do you live with someone like that? And I think, uh, it'd be interesting to find out, um, the success stories or the tidbits of wisdom that our listeners can say, you know, this is what I've done with someone who has refused Refuse to apologize mm-hmm. to me personally in something that they've hurt me deeply about, or just the everydayness. You know, you get a coworker and continuously defends himself, which is a huge response. That those that are unwilling, they they always they typically blame it on something, someone. Uh, they didn't. They were not responsible. Mm. They, they and and I think Bill, in many ways, these people are very sincere about shifting blame. They don't even know that there's supposed to be a light, a flashlight looking at them and saying, "Uh, what about you? Mm -hmm. And I think as believers, one of the most valuable lessons we can do is say, Holy Spirit, please put a flashlight in my life so I can... I don't want to over-apologize because there's the other side to that where Mm -hmm. you're sorry about everything and anything. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, honestly, that gets a little nauseating because I'm thinking, knock, knock, who's there? You know, there's a person there that's continuously sorry, Mm -hmm. guilt-ridden. And that's not what God has called us to either. But we're talking today about those that are unwilling to say, I take ownership, I take responsibility. I'd give 500 bucks today If uh, an employee would say to me, I did that wrong, it was my responsibility, I shouldn't have done that... Can I pretend I'm the employee? I and have, I I have Monopoly money today. Oh, okay, well that's <laughs> you just took the fun out of no, it. Sorry. Wasn't well, Monopoly <laughs> kind of fun?
0: No, well, it was fun. But I was kind of thinking to myself, I'm walking out of here with 500 in cold cash because I'm doing a little cheesy role play with Marcus Bachman.
1: Oh, we could role play. No, no, no. Not, <laughs> not fun I mean, at all. There's no money involved. Okay. I'm not no. I don't know why I said 500. I should have kept it at five. I could have done the game. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what is the what is the obstacle what is the roadblock for somebody that can't admit the wrong you get into an argument with somebody that says no no, no the vikings won a super bowl one year <laughs> and i go no no they didn't win yes they did
1: well and if you, you can just imagine which i'm sure isn't too tough for a lot of our listeners is if someone grew up being shame-based um who a parent or both parents uh you know had real difficulty affirming uh but really it was strong on the critics, criticism and they got in trouble if they didn't perform right Oh. well i can never be wrong then yeah. i i have got to and they they develop an identity i strongly believe that they 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 do this role play uh never my fault i i can't be at fault because if i'm wrong then i feel shameful mm hmm and that's that's a tough place to go i mean uh, i th- they will do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to change the story to make sure that the spotlight is not on them because if you put the spotlight on me uh i'm i'm not a i i there's something wrong with me internally mm-hmm. what a tough one that's a tough
0: one well, let, let me go back to you because we were you were talking about an employee if they were just admit they were wrong, you could yeah. pay five hundred bucks which I got excited about, but not anymore, is is admitting that... Money I, motivates you, huh? Well, no, is that, is that this, what the
1: story is? Just in this circumstance. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, is someone saying to you, Marcus, I was wrong, is that part of your forgiveness language?
1: It's part of the... the it's, a, it's a start, Okay, and if I've really done something wrong uh, spiritually, from a Christian perspective, I think you need to say, "I apologize. I did something wrong. Uh, will you forgive me?" Mm-hmm. And is there anything that I can do um, to make this right? Mm-hmm. You talk about healing, Oof. and uh, you know that's that's more in a spiritual relational point of view, but that is a tremendous gift. Yeah, uh, and and people cry out for that. People desire that from a parent often or from a sibling who has really damaged them. Mm -hmm. I think we also need to talk about well, what happens, because most likely the truth is uh, that person will never say they're sorry. Mm. I I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It doesn't mean that it can't happen because by God's grace and someone opening themselves up. And there are ways, Bill, I just think it's really interesting to find out what happens. Let's just say that you're married to someone who does not apologize? Well, first of all, I'd say, hmm, didn't you figure that out in the stages of getting to know each other? They weren't willing to do that. That's another question. But if they don't, that person is so fragile that it really takes someone who will be gentle and... um, Kindly uh, admit their own faults so that they can mentor that person, but gently uh, talk about the vulnerability is uh, a very attractive piece Mm -hmm. to you in our relationship.
0: Marcus, I'm wondering if somebody has uh, a hard time admitting when they're wrong, I I wonder if they have a hard time confessing their sin to God.
1: Absolutely. Do they really? Absolutely. I mean, you know what, you you and I can confess as as we know our sins in a general way, you know. And 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 I I admit I have a a bit of a rote a prayer that I that I ask God to forgive me of my sins that I have done with my thoughts words and actions Mm -hmm. and I have to slow that down so that I really know what what am I asking forgiveness for Mm -hmm. so that person may in general do that uh, but to really take an introspective look, how have I damaged? How have I hurt? What is my part in this? And if we find out that when someone brings some something up and we're, we become defensive right away, rather than a listener, then, then, then willing to say, might, might I have had a part in this? That's a whole different perspective. So, yes, people often find themselves to be reluctant unwilling to sincerely say, God, look at me. Mm-hmm. I am sorry. Yeah.
0: Let's say you feel damaged by something I said. I don't feel I said
1: anything wrong. Why would I ever need to apologize? Well, I think that there'd be an empathy toward the damage or the hurt. Yeah. I would think that so has been caused mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And I think I would rather than being quick to say, uh, not my, mine to to deal with. Not my fault. That person has just got a skewed a viewpoint. Mm-hmm. A Minimum, we can empathize and we can certainly say, um, I I do apologize mm-hmm. for my part. I, I don't have to agree that I did it to the perspective or to the measure that that person felt I hurt them, but something happened. Yeah and i can i can take that step of apologizing mm-hmm. all right doctor and why Mar- wouldn't i
0: oh i agree i agree dr Marcus bachman is my guest you can go to counselingcare.us to check all that out at his amazing ministry office counseling He's got a psychiatrist on staff yeah very smart
1: one <laughs> I'll tell you childhood stories and then we'll be, yes. I bet you could. Yes, I I could could. as his dad. We're going to (laughs) continue talk about
0: people who do not admit when they are wrong. We'll be right back. There's a weekend coming. <laughs> it's a weekend. There's here. a weekend It's coming. A coming. It, it's coming. <laughs> Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. He is here with me in studio. We're talking about a very tricky subject, and that is uh, when a person, uh, certain people do not admit when they are wrong. And I'm thinking, Marcus, there's probably some people that will kind of admit readily that they were wrong just to avoid conflict too too readily fine i'm wrong i'm wrong i was wrong
1: i was wrong fine (laughs) now go watch the game well yeah let's do that why don't we but the truth is that shortcuts that doesn't allow the process and that tells the the other person you know what the the subject this concern that you're talking about i'm dismissing i'm going to just jump over it real quick and we don't have to talk we don't have to feel we don't have to think And certainly it isn't worth the time. So let's just move on. It's kind of like the person that says, you know, you can't change anything about history. So why do we have to go over it? (laughs) (laughs) The truth is, well, we go over history because it affects us today and it will affect us tomorrow if it's not taken care of. And the same with apologizing. If we haven't done and taken care of a proper apology, we will leak out. Somewhere along the line, we will... uh, uh, become readily frustrated, will hurt, something will trigger us uh, with that person or with that trauma, and it isn't It isn't healed, and we need to take the time. I think damage that's done to the spirit, to the soul, needs to be dealt with in a honest and a sincere, but a, um, a very real way, which takes some time.
0: Mm-hmm. Throughout scriptures, we're always told about the consequences of
1: pride. Oh, you know, the opposite of that, obviously, for someone who wants to take a responsibility of when they've done wrong, and you're right, we all have done wrong, Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes knowingly and other times not. Uh, But the opposite is humble. And if I am humble, I will take the responsibility, the time, and the sensitivity to um, honor you and what you are feeling and what you are bleeding or mm-hmm. hurting about. And uh, you certainly are worth listening and being understood. What a gift. What an important gift. And if you are a part of any way, and certainly if the other person senses that you had something to do with doing some damage in their life, I think that um, they that, that person deserves that attention. It sounds, you know, it, you know whether you're a believer or not. The principles of God's word works, mm-hmm. and the 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 honesty of taking responsibility and saying, you know, I need to uh, let you know my part in doing some damage. It was wrong. I apologize for that. Mm-hmm. I sincerely am s- sorry that. I caused you some pain, mm-hmm. and and as I'm listening to your story, I under, I can see that I've caused pain, mm-hmm. and that's worthy of of uh, asking for forgiveness. Do couples
0: in your counseling sessions talk very much about the language of forgiveness? I mean, even when you just said to me, "I need to apologize," there's a part in my brain that says, "Well, go ahead, apologize." Yeah. You know I pr- You're telling I, me I need to apologize.
1: We'll do it. Uh, you know, Bill, it's almost like you were there today, but in my office. <laughs> well, I've got your office bugged. <laughs> so, today I I had a couple um apologize to each other. And you know, they it was awkward. I First, we, we went over the, the, the difficulty, the hurt, the, the pain, and, you know, they were just kind of stuck. And I said, you know what a proper apology is to each other. And so we just practiced it right there wow. in my office. And I said, you know, after being married so many years, um, I, 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 I don't mean to use shame and guilt, but here goes. I, I said, I think this should have been a practice, mm-hmm. but there's nothing too late to start now. Because there's a freedom. There is a freedom. And what's so interesting about the issues like that, if apologies it's sincerity of asking for forgiveness isn't in a marital relationship, how do you have intimacy? How, how do you have quality sexual intimacy, quality affection, good communication, a good relationship, if that's not a part of your relationship? I think I apologize uh, should be a standard everyday walk Hmm. and a check in that relationship. Is there anything that I've done that has hurt you? Mm -hmm. And I I do believe as time goes on, then that becomes less and less of hurting each other because we become sensitive to the other person. We know the other person. We know what we, uh, whether it's intentional or not, have have hurt them. uh, We will be more aware of that. So that uh, every day when, you know, we put ketchup and mustard on the hot dog uh, and we realize after the 16th time that our spouse does not like mustard, Mm -hmm. um, you know what, I should know that by now. Yeah. And I apologize. But now I get to change. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't have, and that's probably the most silly example, mustard and and, uh, and ketchup. But, But if we don't repent, which means we change, and we're doing the damage over and over and over again, then I'm wondering about the sincerity of that apology. I think there's something to be said about, you mean business, or don't you? Mm. In in relationship making, in investing, improving relationships. What would be the honest answer to someone
0: who never admits they're wrong, but then they finally are honest enough to tell you why they never admit they're wrong, what would you most
1: likely hear? Oh, I was thinking that was a listener asking the question. No, that was me boy, asking the question. That was good. That was good. So so you want to know, what was the last part of that? Um, you want to know, um, say that one last last part again. Um. <clears throat> Well, I, you forgot. <laughs> well, no, I'm just trying
0: to figure out what part of it you didn't get um, and what part I need to reframe. How do you understand so, it, Rosie?
1: Okay, so this is how I understood it. Thank you, Rosie. I love a woman's perspective. That's what I mean. This is what we <laughs> This is so good.
0: What, how do you perceive or what's your response when someone who has not been able to admit they're wrong tells you the why?
1: Yeah, well said, well, Rosie. Well, Thank you. F- yeah, well, first of all, that's very unusual that they would give you the why. Um, the why typically is an excuse. I don't think it typically is a sincere understanding. But let's just say it does happen because it can. Um, I'm fearful. I'm. I, I. I sense that you would reject me if if I told you the why. I'm. I'm. I'm afraid of you or whatever right. the. The why is, well, I would, I would affirm that's a f- incredible first step. Um, I would just say to that person, thank you for sharing um, that part of who you are. And uh, I think that's just a part of building relationships. I think that's a part of healing. Uh, it doesn't mean we're home yet. It just means that we are building on that. So if that makes sense. It does make sense. That's a good answer.
0: So when we are dealing with not being able to admit being wrong, what are we doing internally? What are we saying to ourselves about our own lives?
1: Well, first of all, I don't think a person has typically that kind of insight. Okay. If they are blocking and they're struggling and they're prideful, uh, they typically can think just about themselves. Okay, they can only pretty much say, uh, "I'm not. I'm not going to get caught in that. I certainly am not going to uh, get uh, receive this sh- sense of being shameful about I did wrong because I can't do wrong." Mm-hmm. They don't have an insight into. Wait a minute. What? What? is the reason I did that. And did I do that? Mm-hmm. And they, they don't even scratch the surface. I, I'd i love to hear from our listeners how they handle people who they've lived with or they are dealing with who don't admit they're wrong. Because right. I think there's some, there's some there's good
0: pointers out there. Send that on over. Text me to 877-933-2484. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. We'll be right back. back to the show. So glad to have Dr. Marcus Bachman with me today. We're talking about forgiveness and also when uh, some people do not admit when they are wrong. So Marcus, I had a couple things come in here. One is, how about a friend who you were once very close to did many things together, reciprocity and caring, then just dumped you without knowing why. Many years later, they're connecting with mutual friends of which I'm included. I've chosen to forgive, but it still hurts. Don't trust them, but won't give up the other friends.
1: What are your thoughts? Well, I have several thoughts. I, first of all, wonder, um, were they really a close friend during that time? And if they were, if, oops, am I on? Yeah, you're on now. Okay, thank you. Okay, was this a
0: joke? Because I'm wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's okay to be that was wrong. As That's brilliant brilliant as a problem. That's Okay. My question now, now Marcus, Start I'm okay. so sorry. That's okay. That's okay. I was... I'm fine. <laughs> okay. Um, well, first of all, I just questioned, was that a real friend, um, you know, to begin with? Sure. And I think there's a good um, amount of study that has to be investigated. I thought, I assumed... We, we we did things together and we spent time together, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was a quality friend because quality friends are two-way relationships that are intimate. And if that still was the case and they, quote, dumped them, then I would assume the next step would have been – there's a lot of things here that I don't know, so I've just got to add on – and that is did I pursue that relationship to genuinely find out, you know, what happened here? Um, did I do something? Um, and what was this about? So, and I think sometimes that's the Matthew 18 principle of going with somebody else if they don't respond. And there, there's an important part to that. But, you know, I think that um, obviously we don't have to understand all of this. We may never understand all of this because what goes on in between the two ears of somebody else is sometimes so complicated and so unknown um, that that as much as our curiosity would say, we got to figure this out, we don't have to figure it out. We can release, we can be finished, and we can move on in our life. As long as we're taking our responsibility of being a good friend and having a two-way relationship, uh, it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. Here's something else. Marcus
0: Bachman, who's my guest in studio, my friend, <laughs> Dr. Marcus Bachman from CounselingCare.us. I had a situation where the person said, I'm sorry you feel that way, as an apology to me. That never They never took responsibility for their behavior, but made me feel like I was respons- responsible
1: for the hurt. Was that gaslighting? Oh. Well that would be a great opportunity to turn that person and say, Now when you respond to me that way, I don't feel validated, I don't feel heard, I'm I'm having difficulty. Uh because if the only apology is that you're sorry that I feel that way I don't hear anything about your taking responsibility in what you said or mm-hmm. what you did or what I expressed to you. I don't feel heard, mm-hmm. and I think that's worthy of a deeper second paragraph. Now, obvious, obviously, if that person is still unwilling to take responsibility, you see that that's just an easy cop out. You know, I'm I'm just sorry you you know you have trouble with your life. <laughs> I'm sorry that you you have feelings that are difficult mm-hmm. about us. That means very little. Mm-hmm. That means, I think, it's a cop-out to give those kind of answers. And I think if we have good self-confidence in who we are, we can call that person out. doesn't have to get into a, um, an anger shouting match. It can just simply be a lovingly um, honest and direct um, confrontation. Mm-hmm. Give that a try;
0: it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Here's another um, comment and question. I think people who are dealing with deep shame feel more and more unworthy at the very
1: thought of needing to apologize, so they avoid it. Oh, is that true? Yeah, I, smart listeners. I, I think that's that's a insightful understanding. Uh, shame is carries a lot of control in her life. Mm-hmm. It's a very dark place for people to. They never want to enter into yeah they've got it but they the reminder that i did something wrong i can't do something wrong that means i'm wrong as a person that means there's something bad about me Mm. that's what deep shame tells them that's what the enemy loves to massage in their thoughts just because you're wrong doesn't mean you're bad oh thank you yeah i i would applaud that over and over. As a matter of fact, when when I'm working with someone and they could actually say, you know, Marcus, I did several mistakes this week Mm -hmm. and I didn't walk away feeling like I was a bad person. Mm -hmm. That is success. That is. I applaud that. I, I, I love that.
0: Yeah. I think. Personally owning wrongs by declaring all of us have sinned as Scripture declares, and that's why Jesus came. Thank God for his forgiveness and redemption in the company of the person who can't apologize. Oh. Another piece of wisdom.
1: Yeah. What a what a re- uh, release for us mm-hmm. in knowing that. Because then we're not waiting. We're not at the edge of our chairs. We're not dependent, codependent. We're, we are who we are in the sight of God and and what a remarkably free forgiven place because you see we are already forgiven and so do we need do we have to have that apology from the other person i will i will admit as a human being bill it would be nice but it doesn't have to happen mm-hmm. and that's a world of difference it would be nice but it doesn't have to happen i would have enjoyed Enjoyed having my father apologize for some things that he wounded me about. Mm-hmm. It never happened, and I was okay. Mm-hmm. And so, upon the end of his life, I could walk into his hospital room with peace and knowing, knowing that if he did the right thing, he really did have kind of a boatload of things to say. I messed up, Marcus. Mm-hmm. That would have been nice. I was a free man before he ever passed away. I was a free man because I wasn't dependent. I already got my vote. God voted on me and he's forgiven me. And I need to be as gracious to others as he's been to me. I know that story resounds on your radio program, over and over, Bill, and I so appreciate when this message is, is given. Because of the grace of God that's been given to me, I can give it, and I need to give it to others.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Marcus, being married for 35-plus years to a man who is unable to apologize has bordered on abuse. It's taken this long to understand how horrible it is to have someone be nice to you but disregard your feelings and treat you like there is something wrong with you for needing to know that they are that they are ever s- sorry. I married very young and it took a very long to figure out and it's not all me. I mm. would tell anyone it's a major red flag in a relationship that will lead to a life of confusion and pain. Mm.
1: Well, that's a boatload of a story. It is. It's incredible. Thirty-five years, and you know, it's very interesting that it takes sometimes people so long to figure out this isn't right. This is not healthy, and that in and of itself has value and importance. I mean, I've had people in the past say, oh, "I wish I didn't know the truth." Now I have to deal with it all. But you know, the truth is. Um, she has discovered some things mm-hmm. and she understands some things. And I just think you never, especially after the investment of 35 years with probably children and grandchildren a whole family unit and a whole testimony, and Matt, I'm not shaming this person when I say that, but I would be very careful, very careful about what steps are next. Mm-hmm. And I think in the hands of a qualified Christian counselor who believes in marriage and believes in the value of that person, uh, because of what Christ has done in their life, I just think they need to be very um, cautious about whatever steps they 're mm-hmm. going to take mm-hmm.
0: This is a comment loaded here, uh, Marcus. When trying to show a person their fault, sometimes they bypass that and they blame me for something. Oh, yeah, they admit no wrongdoings. They make and this makes the relationship difficult. I always end up the one at fault. It's easier to not have the conversation.
1: <laughs> I would <laughs> first of all I would debate that one. I think it's worthy of having the conversation. And you know what? I have to admit something to you. I like a challenge. I like a I I I like a fight in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um boy, I should get some therapy. But anyway, the point is um you know, you, you can even say in the beginning, Bill, of the conversation, I'm going to share something with you. And I'd, I I want to ask um, if you'd be willing to listen and understand what I'm saying. And typically the person will say, Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not in that voice, but, you know, they'll, like the they'll be willing to say yeah. yes. And uh, I would just add one other thing. I would say, in me sharing this, I'm, at, I'm going to ask you not to put the blame back on me. Uh, I don't want to hear right now. We can talk another time about my my limitations or my 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 wrongdoings, but in this case, all I want is for you to hear and understand me mm-hmm. and and I want to qualify by not having you put blame on me. hmm. It's kind of setting up the rules, you know, kind of putting up some boundaries and making yeah. sure. Now, that doesn't mean there's a guarantee. Yeah. But what if happened? that person says yes,
0: hold them to it. Okay, so they say yes, they listen, and they storm away.
1: They're well, not. well, you might have to put another, because you know what, if that's the tendency for them just to walk away... Mm-hmm. Uh, You may want to put another boundary in the next time you have this conversation. And I would ask that you stay in the room. Now, if you come up with a fourth reason here, Bill, (laughs) go ahead. Give me a challenge. Give me a challenge. No, but I
0: mean, I can can see people in their rebellion saying, fine, I'll listen. And then, are you done? Yeah. And then they walk out the door. Yeah. yeah. And that's
1: hurtful, too. Yeah. That accomplishes nothing. Listen, this doesn't mean that you're going to succeed at the ultimate of reaching the heart because I don't think anyone reaches the heart except God himself right. and the Holy Spirit. Uh, I think that we can accommodate teaching someone and, and, and getting closer to the heart with our humility. Uh, in some ways, when we ask politely, um, would you be willing? And I have another favor to ask that you stay with me in this conversation and not blame me. Because this is a difficult thing for me to share. It's not an easy thing for me to share. Because I have hurt and I love you and I'd appreciate if uh, you would stay with me in this conversation. Mm -hmm. It's not guaranteed, but you have a much better way of humbly and even setting some boundaries around it to get to the other side. It sounds like in that counseling session, the person
0: who just was told that is thinking, oh, it looks like I'm going to end up being the bad
1: guy. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so in today's session I <laughs> turned to the gentleman. And yeah. I, this is so fresh, you know. Yes. Uh, how do we get this material? Uh it happened a few hours ago. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's why I was almost late. Um no, the truth is, you know, I I I want to make sure that 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 person uh that feels like they're gonna get it and um are gonna feel bad. Uh, and they don't want to participate. I want to make sure that they know I'm on their side. Because, mm-hmm. Bill, I'm on their side. I'm mm-hmm. on the. I'm on the. I'm on the side of the bully who doesn't get why they can't apologize. I'm on the side of walking alongside to make sure that they know I care about what they feel. And so I will say words like, "And you don't have to be a counselor to do this." Uh, I will say words like, "You know, I care about your feelings, and I know that this is hard." And I want for us to have a better relationship for me and for you. Wow. Wow. You're interested in my well-being? Yeah. You're interested in what I feel? Yeah. That softens the ability to get through to the other side. Mm -hmm. I will say it again. No guarantee. But it has a much stronger ability to get to the other side.
0: Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. He is the president and founder of CounselingCare.us. We're going to continue our discussion on why certain people do not admit when they are wrong and forgiveness. We'll be right back. With Dr. Marcus Bachman, he's the president and founder of CounselingCare.us. You can always head over there to check it out. All right, uh, Marcus, let me see here. Things are still coming in fast and furious.
1: Whoa, oh, whoa! Yeah. This is—it tells you something about the necessity to understand good apology making and how to deal with those, mm-hmm. and why would someone be so stubborn? Mm-hmm. What
0: about having these uh, these conversations with non-believers? If we have family members that it might be helpful to heal with for our own health, but they are not believers and hence don't have the same understandings of how to behave in these conversations as believers do. And there's tend to hurt us or we are worried that they they will if we are vulnerable. So they feel
1: like, oh, if I'm vulnerable, I might...
0: I might get stopped on here.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, God principles work uh, whether it's with believers or non-believers, and it's true that uh, non-believers don't have uh, the same kind of motivation or um, uh, desire. But you know, the truth of a relationship and the value of a relationship to most people, uh, non-believers or believers, still has um, value. And I think you motivate people with the principles of God's words, and that means uh, who's going to argue this one? I honor you, I appreciate you, I affirm you, um, and if someone who's close, I love you. Ah, uh, those are those are really motivating factors for believers and non-believers. Mm-hmm. You don't have to say it's from First Corinthians thirteen.
0: I'm, I don't know. I'm thinking of something out of First Timothy right now, and I. I will do my best here, but I I think Timothy or Paul was saying I was shown, I was a blasphemer and a persecutor, but I was shown mercy because I was acting in ignorance and unbelief. Mm. That's in 1 Timothy somewhere. That's good. That's good. Mercy. So he, Just yeah, think he, of that. He was acting in ignorance and
1: unbelief. Yeah. Yep. Which might be a family member who's not a believer. That's right. That's right. And I think that it's his kindness that draws us. And even in non-believing believers, um, our relationships, what we're wanting to do is draw them and be at peace with them and reconcile as much as we can. We certainly don't have to have the same, we won't have the same worldview, Mm -hmm. but we can be at peace and we can be in a relationship that still has significant value Mm -hmm. and we can reach to the everyone has such a desire to be loved and to be affirmed and to be given that kind of a message uh it is motivating Mm -hmm. to all marcus let's go to a little bit of seventh
0: grade geography let's talk about switzerland no No. (laughs) okay let's (laughs) let's talk about plate tectonics continental drift so let's say <laughs> oh lord i'm Boy, praying Bill, right now Boy, Bill, where are you going with this <laughs> yes. where you've drifted so far apart yeah you don't even know how or where or when <sighs> if it's
1: even possible
0: uh, and yet and yet you think about it a lot
1: yeah are we talking about any relationship yes a marriage oh okay yes okay well it's just drifted too far okay okay um First of all, I think there's a significant amount of loss and grieving that needs to be understood there because you've, you've, you're, you're not where you were and what, where you want to be and where you thought you'd ever, you'd never thought you'd be at this place, I'm sure. Um, but there's a lot of pain associated with that. I am, I am not trying to say that a relationship, um, can't have an ending because I think there are endings to certain relationships, um. But I do believe that God, if this is uh, a relationship that God has intended, then we need to fight for it. Mm -hmm. And I believe in a God of miracles, and I believe that God works uh, in miraculous ways. And I think that we just have to investigate, okay, I have spent this much time, and I've talked in this direction, and I've challenged this person, or whatever I've done isn't working, What might I be able to do, Lord? Give me an insight. Maybe I need to start with something different. I don't know what that is, but I do believe that the sincerity of sending a message of I find our relationship, I want our relationship, it has value, it has worth. I think that's attractive. Mm -hmm. And I want to do my part. And let me understand what I need to apologize for if I've hurt you, if I've damaged our relationship, I want to be the first to say this. Mm. Can we have a conversation about that? Let me hear you. Let me apologize. And let's see where we can go. I'm not going to ask for your apologizing to me. I'll do my part. In that, That's words that I would say in my head. And I think that's a really good place. Mm-hmm. And let's see where God takes us. Marcus, maybe we can
0: spend a couple of minutes because we're getting close to the end of the hour. Going back to an earlier text that came in of yeah. a listener married for 35 years to a man who is unable to apologize. And it's bordered on abuse. Yeah. And 35 years is a long time. It's A long that's time. That's a big chunk of life. Yeah. And that's heartbreaking. And how or what can this dear listener be? How can they be encouraged small baby step might they be able to take tonight as a result of listening to this yeah.
1: program. I'm I'm gonna surprise you with my answer, I'm sure, Bill. Maybe to some listeners. Um I think we have to be really careful of the word abuse because it's become a very um overused term. Um so I just want to say that. Because okay. I may feel abused. That isn't necessarily that I am abused. You feel what you feel. You feel feel what you feel. That's right. But let's just say there is abuse, whatever that means. Let's just say there is. What steps would I take toward the person, toward the man or the woman that I feel abused by? Mm -hmm. I think that we need to understand who we are and the strength of who we are and having the boundaries that we need to have. I will not tolerate X, Y, and Z. Swearing hitting, Mm -hmm. whatever that abuse is. And we need to define it and we need to say that, give that message. But along with that, I'm going to invest in the relationship. I am going to give you a touch. I'm going to compliment you. I'm going to affirm you. I'm going to do what I need to do to invest in this relationship. And again, I will say, if I need to apologize, take responsibility that's that's a pretty brave and courageous person to do that mm-hmm. and the steps then of investing may move in a better direction if those boundaries are set up i mean this is a that's a really delicate uh situation of thirty five years of being married, and i my heart goes out because there are patterns there are um ways that couples, uh, interact with each other, that, uh, they just do it without even thinking. And I think we need to rethink, um, how do we change our relationship? Mm -hmm. If I think that
0: she had maybe not felt loved the way she would like being loved or was not listened to or was never apologized to, I'm no counselor, Marcus, but I would, I would say that sounds a little abusive. Sure. Yeah. Sure.
1: Sure. But, but I'm not a counselor. Right. I'm always looking for uh, repair and healing and ways that we can change this. And, uh, you know, Bill, this is going to sound like a bit of a silly story, but here goes. I had one couple that uh, just decided they were going to greet each other when they came home from work, whoever came home from work. And rather than sitting in the Lazy Boy chair or st- standing at the kitchen um Whatever they were doing, they were actually going to greet that person, touch them, and give them a kiss. I can't tell you what that started to that ripple effect started Mm -hmm. to make, and it may seem incredibly, almost naive to say that, but I do think that there's a heart change that happens when we decide I am intentional, I am intentionally going to love you and that's my first step. Mm. So today I trusting that there's a lot of listeners that will greet their spouses. I hope so. At the at the uh, at the door. Thank you Marcus. Always great to be with you. Always. Yeah, right. Do I need to apologize for
0: anything? No. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Marcus Bachman has been my guest. Counselingcare.us that's his website. Thank you so much Marcus for being here. We're going to take a little break and we got lots more ahead. Be right back.